I do my best to live a healthy lifestyle. I try to get out there, work out, break a sweat when possible. I'm not necessarily a fitness or a, a wellness freak, but I'm just trying to be a little bit healthier every single day, which is where Sun Warrior comes into play for me. It is a plant-based, eco-friendly, performance-boosting, all things brand that I want to talk about. And it's their active nutrition line that is something that I've been messing around with over the course of the past couple of months. And it's really working out for me because with protein, creatine, pre-workout and hydration, these products are designed to optimize your performance. And I'm always up for optimizing any aspect of my life, even boosting my own energy reserves or being more hydrated after a long day in the gym or on the golf course. It really does turbocharge my recovery. It's something that I really take seriously and it's real nutrition for real life. So go check out sunwarrior.com and use code FIRST. Are you still suffering from supply chain issues? Are they disrupting your operations? Well, have no fear because Graybar has you covered and you can rely on their nationwide logistics network to get what you need, where they need, when they need to get there and all within budget. Graybar is a trusted and leading North American distributor of electrical communications, data networking, industrial products, literally supporting products of any industry, construction, hospitals, industrial plants, schooling, it doesn't matter. Just one clear mission to serve as that vital link in the supply chain, adding value for customers and suppliers with innovative solutions and services. So here's what you need to do. Visit graybar.com to start an order today. Visit graybar.com to start an order today and fix those supply chain issues with Graybar. First cut. Golly. Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and today the moose is running loose. A very esteemed guest. Before I bring him in, let me bring in my usual partners in crime. Patrick McDonald is here. Hello, Patrick. What's going on, gang? I mean, we've had some great guests on this podcast. Michael Block, Ricky Fowler, Taylor Fritz, but... They're all second fiddle to the moose, I think. <laughs> Colin Morikawa. Um, yeah, they all run a, a distance behind Joe Musso. Kyle Porter is here. KP, hello. Having mic issues as usual. Uh, wouldn't wouldn't be a first cut pod without me having mic issues. Uh, <clears throat> we're talking about this off air, but Patrick and, and the moose need to um, need to need to go uh, tailor the tape on their hair product. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Musso, CBS Sports HQ anchor, uh, founder and president of the Minsiders, that is a Minwoo Lee uh, fan club all around. Great guy, Joe Musso. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, well, you have laid some uh, lofty expectation out in front, and I can't wait to disappoint everybody. It's Malin and Getz number two up top. Um, <laughs> I don't even and, and as it goes for the Minsiders, we're working on the LLC, we're working on a lot of the uh, a lot of the the marketing and the branding. And I think Patrick, you can speak to, um, I think we stoked a bit of the fire in, in, in Minnie's uh, comments yesterday. So anybody looking for concert t-shirts with Min Woo's uh, scheduling, they might be on the way. We can't confirm or deny. Well, I think yeah, Joe, I, I got to give Joe credit, Patrick, because he was way, way out in front of the Min Woo thing. Like every, everybody's in now, right? Everybody's like, oh, Min Woo's the man. Joe was, Joe already finished the race. He, he, now, he was cooling down. 
I'm not like it gives me great pride when I hear you guys talk about my beautiful boy. I mean, to steal from the great Rick game when, when when I hear you talk about my beautiful boy now in such a light, it's not like a, I was there first thing. It's a welcome aboard. So anyone okay. who wants to become okay. an insider is uh, uh, applications will be reviewed, but it's it's a very loose process. <laughs> like Did that. you see that be referred? It, he is um, he's crowdsourcing a logo. So, so who is? Minwoo is. So it's got to be the it's got to be the wraparounds, right? Yeah. Well, um, so he posted this on, I think it was on Instagram, maybe a day or two ago. Yeah, Joe's Joe's ready to rock and roll. If you're watching on YouTube, he has donned the uh, the Minwoo sunglasses, He's and he is crowdsourcing a logo. He wants it to be kind of chef related, maybe a little woozy. But I mean, if 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 you can be part of the the logo creation process, that would live on. It'll probably be on his bag. Hey, it might be on his shirt. Who knows what happens and what he does with it. That's true. Just, uh, I guess, to to button up the, the Minwoo, I guess if we wanted to date Minsiders and, and the entire movement, Rochester last year, For I sure. walked with Minnie. And you guys, I mean, a couple pods ago, you were talking, I believe there were Riz ratings happening and and uh, things of the sort, or I believe buckets of Riz, if buckets I can pull a quote. My wife, my wife is not not proud of me buckets of riz has now been immortalized in gif that will be out throughout the season on a regular basis on twitter um but rochester walked like had a couple minutes before one of our hits to get back to set had probably an hour because of how far we had to get back to set but like i found myself late because i was enthralled mm. with every step of men like it was the way he swings the club to be up close, you feel it in your feet when he makes yep. contact with the ball. And then everything between that and the next shot is captivating as well. So like it was, it, it was, it was big time stuff through an Instagram out there. Mini liked it, asked for the video, love it for sight type thing. Mini's, <laughs> Mini's crowdsourcing a lot of stuff. Uh, two, two, two things real quick, Rick. Uh, I did the weight to swing speed ratio in normal sport three men in him. my he's in my top five mm -hmm. it's like men gordon Sargent, uh cam champ obviously rory and i can't remember who my fifth one was uh, and then men also has one of my favorite tweets of all time it was i think it was a response to this was maybe summer of 2021 actually and he was kind of a not a big name yet i don't i Maybe he's still not a big name. Maybe he's just a big name to us. But uh, he had he had played well in maybe the Scottish Open or some, one of those summer events. And Brandel had tweeted out a video. And he responded and said, thanks, Dr. Brandel, which is hilarious. <laughs> uh, or thanks, Dr. Chambly. Uh, I caught that one flush, flush. And <laughs> I love that phrase, flush, flush. I, I, that was the first time I'd ever, I'm doing this 10 years, first time I'd ever heard it. And uh now I say it all the time. I mean, when other people hit, not when I hit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's pretty good. I, I also, Joe, I want to pick your brain on a couple of items. Um, mm -hmm. First off, uh, just a couple of, of anecdotes. You know, you are, I think I might have said this the other day, you're probably not, of the non-golfer rankings, you're probably the most referenced person on this show. Right. We, we just, there's just a lot of Joe Musso references. Uh -huh. I, I compared it to, you know, in Seinfeld Kramer's friend, Bob Sacamano, who you never, you never <laughs> see, but he talks about him all the time. Uh -huh. we, we are blessed with actually being able to see you in person here. But yeah, I think, I think you are easily the most referenced non-golfer on the show. Well, to be a friend of the podcast and 
sometimes contributor we're just gonna we're gonna take phoenix and that's gonna that's gonna be its own thing uh the the first cut faithful turned on me and then by the end of the week we had them which can always yeah. be, and that makes me respect the first cut faithful even more because yeah. like this is not we're not just letting anybody on our show here but to your point i i consume this show as a as a listener and a viewer more regularly than i even think about like having my opinion sought after so to hear you guys when i do get the little tip of the cap of the nod it means a ton i like to jump in the comments on our entire cbs family of podcasts stoke the fire ask a question because my chair at cbs i i take very seriously but i can sort of blur that line and ask the question not as seriously in different spaces this being one of them so very excited to be here today and uh hopefully upon my board review maybe in the future should we give the people like just what what joe does on a day-to-day -day basis because i think yeah, who are you I, um, no not that but like who, who like i think people here 14th 1990 <laughs> on the first cut or do see the phoenix thing and they're like wait yeah. who, what, what's who, who's joe musso again uh anchor cbs sports cbs sports hq cbs sports network anywhere that the i is i am just came up with that so that's sort of that's wow. sort of uh we're gonna clip that so i can remember it because i don't remember things well i just say them well um <laughs> but uh literally like anywhere anywhere that we're having a conversation i like to lead that conversation but on a nightly basis here during the football season pre and post game of our nfl coverage so if you're streaming the 425 game on cbs on paramount plus instead of getting 60 minutes you get joe musso and tony romo for about 10 minutes followed by an extended conversation, full highlights from throughout the day. So I liken it to our nightly recap show. My day starts around four o'clock, usually ends when the clock hits zero and then the conversation stops. But uh, I would describe myself as a host for CBS. Yeah. Like the, the bullet point there being host for CBS with my focus being NFL football, PGA Tour golf. Yeah. And I think yeah. it is, it is interesting. I, NFL Sundays, like when I, when, me and the kids are winding down watching the the four o'clock game or whatever. I, I I always think about how man Joe's got a Joe's got a lot ahead of him, you know. Like he's <laughs> he's got a long long day and night ahead of him. Uh, but you do a great job, and I I've Thank you. Rick and Rick and I have always enjoyed uh, being on site, doing sets together, doing tournaments together. Like that is just it's such a blast, and I think that Rick probably has a greater appreciation and patrick and i certainly have a greater appreciation for how hard it is to host and how easy you make it look and uh yeah it's 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 been a ton of fun to, to well, do that together i appreciate those words and i think the on-site is a perfect example of um i guess to be more heady about my responsibility it's like thought generation and then the bridge between thought generation and synthesis synthesizing that into a concise question to get you to say the thing we were just talking about, you know, yeah. I don't want to be like, Hey, back, we were standing by 14 and sometimes it calls <laughs> for that other times. Yeah. It's like, Hey, let's operate in this sort of esoteric space of, we know we talked about that. You don't know when I'm giving it to you, but you know, it's going to come up somehow. So just trying to make the previous conversation feel organic is I think where I'm at in terms of the sharpening of the skill set right now, Rick. The thing that that uh, Joe does really well, and this is this this is going to sound insane to people who haven't done it, but he talks to you with his eyes, like <laughs> when you're on set. 
uh damon hack used to do this on golf channel when i did morning drive a couple times you're like i don't understand how he's talking to me right now because he's saying something else mm -hmm. yeah but he's talking to me and joe does that very well and i think it i think that is what has allowed us to have fun but also like chemistry of like okay going back and forth and getting after each other and and Joe does bring things out of you that, um, and, but also directs traffic at the same time, which as you know, Rick is a very, it's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. The, that along with putting everybody in the best position to succeed. So Patrick, mm -hmm. that's the way that I also, I try to do this. Joe Musa does a great job of it with a million voices in his ears, but like, I'm never going to ask Mark Immelman to dive into the strokes gained mechanics. I um, wish you would actually. You, should. <laughs> you got to know who wants to talk about what. You know? Right. Who who wants yeah. the ball in this yeah. moment? And and you know I I try to do that here, Patrick. Right. Like you are very much uh, finger on the pulse of everything that's going on. You know more about live golf and the structure and format of that than anybody <laughs> I know, and that's a compliment. I mean, it's just like those types Is of it things. Though? I don't know those. I mean, it's his job, so yes, it is a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Dating markets have dried up for Patty, so I'm into live golf now. <laughs> so, so those <laughs> those things, Patrick, are like very inside baseball type things that not everybody realizes go, is going on, but like are very important. I do. Yeah, have I think higher that... ups in the Deloitte ecosystem. If you're ever wanting to, to oh, we we can. Did you, did you see the, the the EY news too? They just cut their partner class by ten percent. I, I uh, saw that, but of course, it's tough, tough, tough scene, tough week for the consultants. Let me tell you. <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, that kind of goes back on just like experience, and I'm always like super interested to ask someone how they ended up where mm -hmm. they did because everyone's path is just so different like all, all four of ours just to get mm -hmm. to this point right now. So okay. I guess, Joe, I assume, I know you're a Northwestern guy. Northwestern, so I assume you're Northwestern undergrad, uh, Northwestern undergrad. We've got the Illinois Wesleyan lid up there, which we yeah, pay okay. bills with um, pre NIL Lord, Lord only knows what the division three money would have been like, um, but division three <laughs> football undergrad at Illinois Wesleyan proud Titan. Um, okay captain their junior and senior year played wide receiver coming out of the slot knew i wanted to move on within the crucible of sports sports marketing but like writing tool was our always there um double majored writing and business at wesleyan i know everyone's super interested in all of this uh and then went back after a year and a half at comcast sportsnet learning line production being a production assistant got my master's year at northwestern and then it was do you want to continue to have the time of your life living in the city of Chicago with your best friends and get into PR or go back to Comcast and hold a higher position there, associate produce, move on to production? Or do you want to try this thing that you know you want to try and take a leap? So at 26, 25, I moved to Lincoln, Nebraska with nobody. Um, yeah, baby. Did two years covering the Huskers, GBR. A big, big news coming out if they can land Riola here. Number one commit uh, quarterback. Flip him from Georgia to Nebraska. Cooking with gas. Wow. Big news coming. Wow. Um, I understand all of those words, but not the sentence whatsoever. Gotcha. Yeah. No. <laughs> we're, we're piecemealing my entire history here, Rick. If you'd allow me to just I love it. throw some ellipses in, I, I, I'd appreciate that. Yeah. Um, no, but uh, two years in Nebraska. Met my wife. That was the biggest takeaway from Nebraska. Also sharpened the tool a little bit. Moved to Sacramento for two years. Covered 
Warriors championships there, NBA Finals, Sacramento Kings, Raiders in Oakland, 49ers in Santa Clara. Bang, bang, Niner gang. And then December 9 was four years with CBS Sports Digital here and CBS Sports as a whole now. And um, it's been an amazing four years. And uh, I can guarantee a couple more and uh, hopefully decades beyond that because I've loved uh, the work I've been able to do and the way things have grown. But that's a short story of where I was and where I am now. And um thrilled to be on the first cut podcast if we haven't lost everybody already is is this Raiola kid is his dad yeah so that's nebraska yes uh so dominic Raiola. i mean all-time great husker way predates me but um i think this whole portal thing i mean i don't even want to get started on the portal right oh no let's go we have other sporting inefficiencies to address here but um Things are getting wild, and maybe they told him because Matt Rule came out a couple of weeks ago and was like, "You got to pay two million dollars in the portal for a five-star quarterback now." Just like plain and simple. So my thought is, which there is was a sick. there was a booster who heard that, brought some of that Nebraska runs of money. If anybody from Nebraska is listening, and uh, they're about to go buy the number one quarterback and try and change things as the Big Ten gets even deeper. Damn. You, wow. you know, I, I do have a, a – Oh, there it is. Oh. Oh. You know how I talk with wow. my eyes? I'm talking to that DB right there, Rick. Oh, my <laughs> wow. gosh. What a pool. I yeah. love the, uh, the 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 thin wristbands. I bet that was a Patrick McDonald play as well. Yeah, that was – You that think was... I played football? <laughs> now, now thin did. wristbands, that was bicep band era, and you see them on both the knees and elbows. Oh. The utility there, I'm not sure, but – um. That's false, also the the era of the, the wide uh, shoulder pads. Yeah. I, the Eddie uh, George pads. Yeah. We were playing in a little bigger shoulder pad there, no doubt. Um, but it was helmets had gotten a lot better. That helmet that's behind me is the helmet that's on my head there, I think. And uh, uh, not to go too deep here into um, the safety of the game, but played in a safer era than the pads might indicate. What's the uh, why, why six? Um, to be honest with you, it was, I played, here we go. Let me, let me paddle, uh, played sophomore, played varsity sophomore year in high school. And my number was nine and the quarterback was nine. So I was like, let's flip it upside down and then never changed it. So nice. Rick, what were you in baseball? Majority, um, 11, Why? 11, um, oh, not sticks. Yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think growing up most of the time, I just got like whatever the smallest jersey was, which was like the lowest number, right? So it would be like one. And then you finally get to a a point where you can choose your number. And I just liked, I like the aesthetics of two, you know, solo one. So like, I like the way that that looks, but it's not the number one, which makes you look like you're the smallest kid on the team. Correct. And, yeah, and just like it, so, so eleven ended up being the number that I wore most frequently. Short anecdote here: um, I get, I was promised again high level recruitment at the Division three level. I was promised number six <laughs> going into college. I show up first day of freshman camp, eighty one is hanging on my locker, which not only made me look tiny because the number yeah. covered the entirety of my body, but. 81 was just worn for four years by a kid who rewrote the record books. So shout out Martin Seisel. Uh, couldn't really couldn't really carry that uh, torch. Did to a certain extent. I mean, we found our way into certain um, categories, but uh, that was a that was a big one to that was a big one to bear. So got off of 81 sophomore year back to six. Yeah, Patrick, what were you in? What what did you play? Uh, my PGA Junior League number was three. Uh, <laughs> no, I played a uh, little bit of baseball hoops until 
uh, I went to a high school that's now number one nationally. So that, that doesn't really add up to me who was five foot tall in freshman year. And then it was just golf. I didn't do junior league though, PJ. I was, you know, kind of a Ricky Fowler edgy nice. type cat, you know? <laughs> Is Fowler edgy? <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, thought, I thought he was like he this, this bike, guy man. Sure, yeah. Are you kidding me? I qualified as edgy. There we go. He's the, most, he's the most uh, brand safe guy in the entire world. I'm not sure I would consider Patrick him. Patrick a young Ricky. A, a young Ricky. Jersey, like the, the old Fox yeah. logoing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah exactly. exactly. Um, I was, right. uh, real quick, I was 23 for Robin Ventura, and then he got his butt kicked by hmm. Nolan, Nolan Ryan, Ryan yeah. and that was tough moment. I, I was actually originally 21 because that's what he was at Oklahoma State. That's when I started loving him, and then he got to the White Sox. Yep. Uh, and he was 23, and so I changed to 23, and then you know, Nolan Ryan bloodied him up, and it was kind of a tough, it was a tough look for me the rest of my we both retired. Yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna, uh, we're gonna hit a break, we're gonna dive more into some topics that I have at hand, but wasn't it Robin Ventura who hit a walk off grand slam and then stopped at first base? Yeah, uh, second, I think, with the Mets. Okay. Yeah, because they were up by one or the down one or something like that. He hits a walk off slam. They don't yeah. need the runs. He stops at second, gets credited for a double, right? I think it you was like a one kick the extra point at the end of the game here. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think that was in the World Series when he was it, on the Mets. I think it was, it was like a national game, I thought, because I remember yeah. watching it thinking, now what? So yeah, he's he was very unique moments. He was <laughs> awesome. He had like a 58 game hitting streak in college. He, he was probably one of the five best college players ever. Uh, Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Sure. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to dive into some of the items that I have that I want to get Joe's uh, thoughts and opinions on, but we're going to pay the bills first and we'll see you on the other side. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all wheel drive. You can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
And we're back. A uh, quick anecdote here, Joe. I was in Costco the other day. I was looking at the new televisions as they're going to see some new clubs. As men do. Oh, okay. So they, yes. There we go. I need the Kirkland irons in a Costco near me. I think the driver has just started to hit some Costco's. That is growing the game, my friends. Growing the game via Kirkland Signature Golf Clubs. I'm all about it. Are you a big Costco boy? Yeah. Okay. Big time. How could you? you, uh, Do you eat there often when you go? You know, it's just a slice for the road type of deal. So the first thing I do is uh, grab a slice, eat the slice as you're walking around. Yeah. Really? Pro pro play. How how often do you go? I'm sure people came for like Joe Musso junior year and Costco talk. Robin Ventura, Costco. We're hitting all our bases here. I would say once every two to three weeks. Okay. We've I, we've never gotten into a lot of bar soap. Yeah, I mean, we honestly, I don't even know if we buy that much, but we just like walk through the aisles, each one, and see oh, what's new, what's going on. It's 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 unbelievable. I love it. Under the strengths of American commerce. Have yeah. you? Uh, there's a real quick. There's a podcast called Acquired that I listen to. I might have brought it up. They do deep dives on different companies. Uh, and Costco is one of them like and they don't they, they do a deep dive on like what are the financial Patrick would love this right in his wheelhouse what are the financials what are the how did they get to where they are why are they successful what's the profit margin like deep deep yeah price. so I'm pretty sure their profit margin is like fixed right so so whatever cost of item is they sell it at 15% more and that like that's it that's yeah that's the whole game yeah I, th- I think that's right and I think that they've built their yeah, they've built their business around that. Uh, I'm more, I'm more Trader Joe's, but it gets expensive with all the kids. Uh, yeah, bougie boy. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get me started. Are you a Trader Joe's Trader guy Joe's. too? I, I wouldn't even be seen uh, in a Trader Joe's. No, it's sc- oh. it scares me. It scares no, me personally. Wait, there's, no organi- there's no organization in there. I can marinate my own food and don't name Oreos something else. I'm not going to Trader Joe's. Oh, pop off. <laughs> That's, pop we're off. We're I, done. Feel, I, f- I feel like we've we might have had this talk. Uh, you, we need to get Joe with Greg. Greg, yes. goes the, Greg. Greg goes to the grocery store. He said once a year. Greg and I, I think <laughs> Greg and I live 10 minutes from one another here. I am well, close, to, taking I'm grocery close to the breed pr- compound. So, so, so <laughs> Joe or uh, Greg. <laughs> probably agrees with Joe about the lack of an organization because yeah. remember he said he walked yeah. into Trader Joe's and couldn't find where anything was and he walked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shout out to some I'm, locals here, Balducci's. I, I'm a Whole Foods mm, guy, but I'm, I I grew up in Chicago and it was like, you have your deli where you go get your meats. You have your butcher where you go get your cuts. You have your fish place. So I yeah. found all of those, but I don't want a one-stop shop. I want to go get my produce either at the farmer's market or Whole Foods. I want to get my meat at Dairy and Butcher Shop. Shout out. I want to get my fish at Greenwich Fish Market. Shout out. So you got to go find the place that does the thing the best and go get it there. That's I my I like that. You're you're better situated for that. It's tough in the yes, DFW area. To five minutes here, five minutes there. Drive all over. I, I've been into a Central Market, which is sort of Whole Foods adjacent. Uh, that's like the nice HEB. So I, I do central market trader Joe's and sprouts is, are the three that I like. Got um, you gotta have a good so parking yeah. lot. That's, that's where we start and stop. Good parking I, lot. Good I don't want to go to all those stores individually, but I want my Joe Musso to go all, all to all you got those it. stores. That's yeah. what I, that's what I expect. <laughs> also, but the point I was originally trying to make is 
<laughs> smack in my face at the Costco TV section is this Josh. Ah, you know where I'm going with this, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Joe Musso, if you're if you're watching <laughs> on wow. his face, his face is truckers? all <laughs> over these televisions because they're showing the smart TVs mm -hmm. at the CBS Sports HQ app. Sherry Burris, Joe Musso, who is that on the right? That is Poppy Miller of uh, Golasso and now Champions League fame. Shout out Poppy as well. There you go. So Joe Musso, have you have you seen this in person? I'm sure people have sent you this. I have not, but a dear friend of mine, uh, the Lopez family, Nikki Lopez, who I talk to you guys about often. Yeah. Royals got traded to the Braves late last season. Now a Chicago White Sox. Very exciting for everybody. I got a family picture from the Lopez's on Thanksgiving of them huddled around an 85-inch box. With me <laughs> on it. I was like, how big is that TV? The TV on the TV box looked like the size of a normal TV. So uh, it does scale well, too, I think is the point there. That's Beautiful. It's always good to get my uh, extra Joe Musso fill when I when I go to college. <laughs> Have you ever seen yourself like at a restaurant or at a at a public place on we get, a, we get a lot of run at LaGuardia. Saw myself at LaGuardia. Um sleep weary, had just gotten done the night before. Stuff was still running the next morning. I was yeah. at the airport, so I kind of had a double take. Um, a couple bars we've walked into in um in New York. And I don't know. Again, I, I want to give you guys space here to get to the golf topics, but that's like still a thing that's I wouldn't say it's weird to me, but I don't know if it registers fully um, because I'm so focused in the process of the work that like I trust the product. I know when it comes out and when it feels good and when it doesn't. So I'm not the I, I once heard Dan Patrick say it and because early on in my career, I wanted to watch everything twice and get better from it. But like Dan Patrick uh, came into the, or someone said this to Dan Patrick. It might have been Olbermann back in the old sports center days came into the room. It was Dan Patrick watching the show that they had just finished. And he said to him, he goes, dude, you got the job. So I try not that I'm detached from the product, but like I was there. I, I know what it was. So when I see it, it feels normal. It, mm -hmm. I guess I haven't had that moment of, oh, my gosh, it's us there. Um, we've been on billboards. There's some video of us standing on the Bellagio Fountains. I've gotten to do some really cool stuff through work, PGA championships. I mean, I go back often to sitting on the bench 12 long par five last year 12 or 13 uh, 13, 11. 13 i think it's 13 yeah where the, the elevated t where yeah, where the where the, the duel happened essentially where the where yes. the tournament was more or less decided when brooks trickled that one in I remember sitting on 13 t <clears> like sitting on a bench i probably shouldn't have been sitting on as the guys are teeing off two feet from me drinking a water and victor comes over and reaches like just like those moments are the ones that more land on me of i yeah. am in the arena right now uh jr smith forgetting the score i was standing baseline not standing baseline but just off the wood getting ready to do a live shot because we thought the game was over like those are the things that stay with me not the i saw me at LaGuardia. yeah well let's, have let's you, have, about, sorry kp go ahead buddy. well i was gonna say have you experienced that rick seeing myself yeah uh yeah so bars bars you know, when, when they get to the overnight, like replay or whatever, um, bars, uh, I've seen myself and then I get texts about the gym. I think CBS sports HQ mm -hmm. runs at gyms quite frequently. I uh, people see you at the gym and like, man, that Rick. Yeah. And I, and I just, I, I'm, I, I don't want, I don't watch it. I don't want to go back and watch it. I just yeah. say, yeah. it's like, I was there. I know what I said. <laughs> Let's move on. Sometimes I go back to see what I said. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. 
I want to talk about the product a little bit. You mentioned it earlier here, Joe, the, those kind of talkbacks with whether it's Tony Romo or Trevor. Mm -hmm. And I want to dive into that because it is pretty compelling content, right? The ability to get access to someone who just watched the event immediately after it ends and then go into some type of, whether it looks like a, a post-game show or something of that nature, have you guys found that to be a successful way of retaining viewership? Definitely. That's, uh, especially with football and them seeing Tony right away, because there's, I think there's some awareness of who I am and what I do to our viewers that are there on a weekly basis. But if you're at someone's house and you're popping on Paramount plus and you see some kid at a desk asking Tony Romo question, you're not thinking about who's asking the question. You're, oh my God, it's Tony Romo. So Tony Romo is the retention. I totally understand that Trevor Immelman is the retention, but the bosses have been thrilled by the numbers. And I think a big part of that is having three good questions, four or five good questions, depending on how much time they have in the holster to get something out of Tony that the broadcast did not. Like Jim Nance is going to get the in the moment reaction out of Tony Romo. Jim Nance is going to get that out of Trevor. What can I add to that and not ask the question that was asked as they were coming down 18? How can I, how can I spin this forward a little bit and still not put, I don't want to put Tony Romo in a position to ask who he thinks is going to win the Super Bowl in week 15. It's just not like, it's not what you want to do. It's not the position he wants to be in. So knowing what, knowing where to take it to get something useful out of this person and retain that audience and entertain that audience is one thing. It's another thing to um, prepare for that. Sometimes, sometimes you feel like, we're 14 holes in or we're halfway through the fourth quarter. And it's like, I'm going to hit Tony with this, 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 and this. And then everything changes and mm -hmm. being able to change with it and still drive that conversation somewhere entertaining is where I think I've, uh, I've grown. And I think that's what makes the product as entertaining as it is. You can't, um, it can't be heads in boxes. It can't be formulated. It's gotta be a jib move. It's gotta look as big as the moment is match the moment is one thing that I always try and do because like in, even in just commanding my voice on a highlight, there are crazy finishes that need it. And there are games that just come to an end and they don't need it. And sometimes I'm always there. Um, and you make the little one sound bigger than it is. So it's also matching the moment is kind of where my focus is at right now. As we come down the stretch with the NFL, how much of your question asking in a, in a situation like that is dependent on what their answers are or, or, and, and I guess how much is planned, like how many questions ahead are you in your head or written down? And then how much of it changes, how much, how, how much do you audible based on what their previous answer was? Quite often, because these people know more about the sport than I ever will. Like Tony Romo has watched, I could start watching tape now for the rest of my life. Tony Romo's watched more tape than that. And mm -hmm. I'm in the film often. So I try and speak that person's language. I know how Tony likes to be teed up. I know what Trevor, where Trevor's willing to go and maybe where they don't want to go. Again, those are the two things. But KP, I know you get credited for this on the podcast often and you should. The best question asked is always going to be one that's product of listening. Like you mm -hmm. have to be, you can't be thinking about question number two the second you hit the period on question number one. Yeah. And this is what I think, and different people do it different way. My process is bullet points. I don't like certain things, intros, voiceovers, I have scripted, but Tony, Trevor, these are, I'm trying to have a conversation. I want it to sound like a conversation. So 
if I'm scripting it and it's coming out of prompter, it's never going to feel that way. And you're going to be tied to that, those questions. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I have my bullet points. I know where I want to go, but if, if you leave crumbs out in front of me, like I'm going to either challenge you on something or take you where you were trying to go and didn't finish the thought that I think you can finish. Um, so you always, it's, it's always a, uh, an exercise in listening even more than it is an exercise in asking. I think you see that it, it, uh, like halftime or end of the game in on field interviews where sometimes they, they, somebody will leave something out there and they, mm -hmm. and the interviewer won't take it. And I, and I get it. Like, it's really hard in that specific moment when you've got 15 million people watching and you're oftentimes getting shorter answers maybe than you would get in a talk mm -hmm. back. That's a very difficult thing, but man, I, sometimes there's, I'm just like yelling, like, no, follow up with this. Like, you know, like, like follow up is, with, with the thing like that, that they want to talk about inside baseball broadcasting. But I, in that scenario, cause I see it all the time too. I try and read the person's face. Cause you can yeah. often see if someone's listening to who they're talking to, they're listening to the voice in their ear because sometimes question is asked and a producer has got to give you traffic for the next five minutes of, Hey, Two more with Tony wrapping Paramount Plus promo into Ravens highlight into chat with BMAC. I'm getting all of that while I'm trying to listen to Tony too. Yeah. So you have to be able to split brain it and listen to two things at once so you don't miss that stuff. And sometimes you can see someone's doing an interview and they're looking at the person, but their eyes or their brain is somewhere completely different. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, you're missing the gold. You're missing the gold. Yeah, yeah. That's insane. I can like, even when I'm on and like the difference in timing is like, half a second oh, i get all that. thrown out of whack yeah. all thrown out of whack and <laughs> and but you you mentioned like dan patrick and olberman and you know some of these other guys who like growing up were you like i want to be you know hone my craft sort of after this guy was there anyone is there still anyone so early 90s i was born in 90 so like 95 through my childhood was the last three bulls championships was Chicago sports, that was the center of the universe, or at least to a six-year-old, excuse me, it was. Mark Greco was our local voice that really, I think I uh, took to early. Anchorman, biggest dude in the city, table at Chicago cut, like that sort of ideal of Anchorman uh, always appealed to me, I think. So Greco on a local on a local stage, but growing up then it was, um, it was your Van Pelts, it was your Stu Scotts, it was your... Kenny Maines, your Dan Patrick's, your Mike Tarico's, your Jim Nance's. And I've been lucky enough to shake hands, speak to, and create relationships with some of those people. And I think that that's only emboldened me to be like, hey, I had a lot of people when I was working at Comcast Sportsnet as a production assistant too, uh, Pat Boyle, David Kaplan, who when I started talking to them comfortably about this ambition, they're like, go do it. You can do it. I've, yeah. I've never been the person of like, I did it for the haters. It's like, no, everybody told me I could. So I did that. That's kind of been my uh, approach to things. Now you have found a hater or two here along the way. And we like them too, but like, um, it's more of a, I, I know I, I know I can. So why not has always been the thing to, Hey, you've been introduced to these people that you used to idolize. Don't use that moment to look at them starry eyed, use mm -hmm. that moment to ask a question and make sure they try and make sure and try make sure that they remember you or at least try to as much as you can. I find it so interesting that, um, you know, the complementary sports of, of, of golf and football, right. They kind of run in different seasons. They are each once a week, but the way that they are, 
uh, I don't want to say portrayed, but covered is 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 vastly different, Joe. Mm-hmm. And that's that's not limited to CBS Sports HQ. That's that's everybody, right? We talk about the pregame show, the postgame show that you get for the NFL. Like where where are the opportunities in golf to take a little bit of blueprint from the big boys over at the NFL and make some improvements? It's a really wow. good question. Um, the, how the how product, long do we have here? Well, the products are so vastly different. And in, in some of my, I have notebooks filled with just non like sequenced thought, just stuff that pops into my head. And one of the things that I've been trying to mull over, like the PGA Tour, obviously, from an organizational, from a marketing, from a product standpoint, is flawed. And we're seeing a lot of those flaws right now. But I think golf post tiger for as much as they've been resting on whatever they've been resting on as an organization, you know what you're getting from a product and a consistent product is a good product. Like commercials are an issue the NLU boys do no, no one does any better work than them on that. And sort of debriefing these tournaments where we can't get the flow. That's what the NFL does. Well, the NFL gives you the flow of the game. And I think even in recent years, they've done a much better job. And yeah, you know, you're getting your commercials after a punt or this, but late in game, it's like, no, we're going to stay here and we're going to have the guys talk while the offense comes out onto the field. Like some of that's knowing when to run the commercial and yeah, you get your hour commercial free presented by Rolex or whatever it may be. But like, I guess the point I'm making is golf as a product to me was very enjoyable. Like prior to all of this, like, I loved laying on the couch and wake like I, I remember clearly falling out of the couch for certain tiger moments, <laughs> like um holing out at what was it, Arnie um Greenside. Like I remember those, like they've given us these moments. We don't have to drastically change things. We can tweak because I think a big part of what the disconnect is between live and the PGA tour is is a branding thing. Like it feels like you're going to Dave and Buster's when you turn live on like the scoreboards, everything's coming at you so fast. That's not, I don't think that's what golf fans want. And I don't think that that's growing the game per se. The whole fracturing of the game is clear. And I think it's um, well outlined by the lack of um, grandstanding that the live voices have done in this most recent. It felt like the ROM signing was quiet from that side. Almost. It was like, yeah, we signed another one. We're going to keep doing it type thing. Like I, I, KP, you could probably speak to like the Twitter static. I feel like there was less Twitter static this time around because everybody's aware that this is a negotiation happening right now. This isn't these the galvanization of two separate tours. That's not what's happening. So, I mean, I guess to go down that road, we could again keep going further. But from a product standpoint, tweaks, tweaks. I like professional golf. I like the way that CBS presents the product. These last three years on CBS, the camera angles we've been getting, the walking so talks, like things are getting better. The big, the macro is falling apart under its own weight, but like the product that I turn on, the product that I ingest for 15 hours a weekend, probably on average, I was enjoying it. Well, I, I think one thing that you said, Joe's is, is really interesting. And it's something that we've touched on a little bit here, Rick and Patrick, which is the, and and I was, I was yelling about this before live and I, I've gotten kind of. I haven't gone back to it very often because it seemed um, not irrelevant. It just seemed less important now. But I actually think it, it it is important as it relates to the commercials and the money and like the expectations from players about the money they should be earning, right? Which is that in a post-Tiger world, I don't know that you can 
that your expectation as a league, as a player is for the, is for the revenue to just, to just go like this, right. To just keep going up and up and up. Like maybe, maybe, but I think in a post tiger world, it's like, Oh, that was such a, you know, Howie's comet type thing, like a once in a lifetime type thing that I don't know if that's what golf is. It might be, but I, I, I think we're, I think we entered into this like weird sort of purgatorial era with Tiger where he's kind of still there, but kind of not. And the TV contracts were so big still, like way beyond what they were mm -hmm. in the last go around. And because that was the expectation from players, right? It's like, yo, your job is to go negotiate as a PJ tour with CBS, with NBC, with ESPN, with all these places to make us more money. Well, guess who suffers from that? Yeah. The fan who watches CBS, NBC, and ESPN. And the players don't care about that. I mean, they do to an extent, but and not really, you, you know? know? Who else? Does, like, I'm not going to sit here and say, I don't care about it, but I, I, I can't care about it. I'm trying to think of the question to ask Trevor. You know, right. like, I'm trying to be in the moment and in preparation. And I know we got to get to a break here, Rick, but quickly, um, in preparation off the little prompt that Rick gave me, I went back to your guys' podcast, your top five moments of 2023. Can you guess how many of those moments are, I would put it this way, in jeopardy due to what's, I, maybe all of them, but your top moments, Tom Kim in the mud, Rory at the Scottish, uh, Fitz and Spieth's duel, mm. Wyndham's twirl, 30-something holes uh, at Augusta between two live boys, but they'll be there next year too. Rick, yours were Blocky's ace. Feel somewhat responsible for that. <laughs> Nick Taylor at the RBC. Uh, I have BDV at the BMW. That's Vic's win at the BMW. Uh, Cat signal while we were in Phoenix. Ricky Rose Day and Keegan Resurgence. What if that list isn't going to be there next year? It's all still there. It's the stories that we tell that I'm worried about. Make space for us to tell the stories about Nick Taylor. So when he holds the 70 footer at his nation's open and Jim Nance gives you glorious and free that the hair stand up on the back of your neck. That's what it's about. I don't care about your contracts or who's getting what or how rich you yeah. are or what Rolls Royce you're driving. Just like I've never been to go back to tiger in turmoil I've never been morally, my moral compass has never been dictated off of what my professional athletes do or don't do. Yes, I want them to be good people. I'm there to tell the story of the good person. And in some cases, the story of the fallen hero. But it's mm -hmm. about the story. And you guys did 10 topics right there, none of which I think you would have said at the beginning of the season you were expecting. And those were your biggest moments. Like, we're going to get great moments again this year on CBS and everywhere else because that's what this sport does. That's what context does. That's what competition does. That's what the PGA Tour has. And the storytelling right. is definitely something that we, like right now, that's the stuff that we remember. Patrick, put a pin in that. We're going to continue this conversation, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. And we're back. Patrick, I cut you off there. Did you want to jump in? Oh, I was just going to say, I can't believe you put Blocky's ace on your top moments of the year. It was a true, uh, the calls coming from inside the house situation. That's a moment. That's a, that's a, I won't forget it moment. Roar comes up from what felt like a mile away, but like ground almost shook. And everyone's like, what's going on Twitter? Because it's late in the tournament. Anyone who's been out there, connectivity stinks. I'm refreshing, refreshing. I see whatever I saw on Twitter, whoever had tweeted it first and everyone's still wondering what's going on, what's going on. And I turned to KVV and I go, Blocky made a one. And he told me, shut the F up. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, that's my recollection, recollection of the Blocky Ace. <sighs> it was so like, I wrote this in the book, Rick, that can't happen. Like as we're walking up 13 with that moment right in front of us, not only is like the odds of getting into the PGA as a PGA pro, <laughs> the odds of making a cut as a PGA pro, the odds of getting the number two player in the world as a PGA pro just in the final round randomly. And then you make a one on the back nine in front of him. And then Absolutely. the odds that he's not a crusher yet, that's even more impressive. <laughs> that, admittedly, that is the biggest upset of yeah. all of this. I mean, that just feels like if that, if you, the whole like, we live in a simulation thing, I've never felt more, that was more like that than, than Blocky <laughs> making a one. Oh, man. Um, you know, to, to loop in the, the context, the storytelling, Joe, you, you had mentioned your background in writing. And I think that those are most apparent on those pieces that you do. What do you call those? I, there are, Cold there are, opens, voiceover pieces, um, a place for me to be more flowery than I can be in the structure of television. So these are a minute or two leading into something where Joe is voicing over uh, you know, uh, uh, something about the open championship or the army Navy game. And it's, you know, meant to get you excited or to get your, your, the hair on the back of your neck to stand up as Joe said. But the, the crazy part about it is that you write all those Joe. like I you do. write yeah. a script and then execute it. Well, I think it's the beloved first lady of the first cut podcast. Did, it took her a while <laughs> to believe that you actually wrote them. And now she's like big in on it. <laughs> It's it's first of all, Joe's amazing at it. Second of all, I think it's such an advantage. Like it it's it's so how I've written those before for other places and people who did the like other people who did the voiceover. It's so helpful, Joe, I think, and you can speak to this to be able to write for your own voice, right? To write for yourself and then know like as you're reading or as you're voicing it, okay, this is this is where I wanted to hit that inflection. This is what I wanted to do here. Do yeah. you like? Do you think about that as you're writing? Definitely. I I write first. It's the words. I'll, I'll get it down and then I'll read it aloud a couple times. And anything that comes to mind right off the bat is, um, and this is to totally shorten the writing process of it. But anything that comes to mind after it's written or the first version of it is written. I annotate the whole thing essentially of like where I want emphasis, where, and not just for me in my read when I voice it, but also for the editor when they edit this, because like I'm, 
I have a production background. I told you guys I did local news. I was in a full suit at Husker games on the sideline with the camera on my shoulder, then flipping around the like one man banding, like editing, producing. It's all um, the basis from which I come at this from. So I have a pretty concise vision in my head of what I want the final product to look like. Uh, sometimes most of the time that's helpful. Sometimes that's not, but in these pieces, like just sitting down with the editor and collaborating in that sense is I think how we get the best version of it. Because like, if I was to just sit there and monotone, read the words, they don't, they don't hit the way that they do when they're edited or performed the proper way. But um, yeah. no, those started just as like a way to get Kyle to notice me. That's what that was. <laughs> so, it worked. Uh, I think we've worked. I think that's worked. And uh, we're, we're, yeah, we've arrived, baby. We're just, here. Uh, just pounded out a, an army Navy one last week that um, was met with some, uh, some kind words by those within the CBS sports structure. So happy about that one. And they'll keep coming for playoffs here with the NFL. We'll have a couple each round um, Super Bowl, of course, and then we'll be on to the majors. It's hard. Augusta's hard. I will say this because I've done, three for the masters now i believe two or three three and they've all been their own thing and the the covid one coming out of covid was i think the most powerful one because it could just be written so in a way that we're dealing with something that we're not often here but because it's augusta every year it is mm -hmm. the pageantry and the circumstance that we're well aware of um, to be original within that is already something that's in my brain mm. well looking forward the Super Bowl obviously going to be uh, a massive event for everybody, but a massive event for you. You mm -hmm. already mentioned it. Uh, I've seen the photo shoot. You and Tommy Tran out on the Bellagio fountains. I have the seen. Best. I've seen the blueprints of where I guess the stages are going to be set up, essentially yep. on the water at the Bellagio. I, I cannot even fathom how crazy that's going to be in Las Vegas. That I think we're taking over the street. I don't know if we're on the wall. I don't know. If, I don't even know if we can. Uh, there's been some cat images floating around here that are very exciting. I'll, I'll leave okay. it at that. Well, it, it feels, uh, it feels like, you know, F1 and what they did to the strip. It's mm -hmm. just like a, this massive production and you're going to be right in the center of it. Yeah. I'm thrilled to be able to do that last year was quote unquote, my first on-site Super Bowl. We were at Waste Management popped over to the NFL set for a couple minutes here and there, but this is, this feels like my first Super Bowl and it's a CBS Super Bowl and it's Vegas and it's um, going to be some collection of drama and amazing teams. And I think that if you're asking me right now, 49ers Ravens is the low hanging fruit for everybody. 49ers bills is what I see. Don't sleep on those bills. Mm. 18 to one number yesterday. Um, the AFC is a, absolute dumpster fire right now like there's there's talent there but like point to me the team that you trust is it lamar jackson's one playoff win because i love lamar and i want to see him succeed in the playoffs but like they have that oh we didn't show day in the divisional round and you go home um mahomes's chiefs i think are still going to be relevant they're going to be there um i trust josh allen to get things right you saw a little of it last week and i think there's a couple tests down the road miami that are going to embolden them to make like a serious run here. The wild card picture is so jam packed. They're the team I think that emerges from it, makes it via the wild card, and then starts bashing heads. You think they get in uh, instead of my Pittsburgh Steelers and your Mitchell Trubisky? I do, uh, my sweet, my sweet, sweet Mitch. Uh, for as much as I root for him, um, and I do, I sit there and I watch football every weekend with Bryant McFadden, two-time Super Bowl champ with the Pittsburgh mm. Steelers. So I get the Steelers slant. And I get uh, a good pulse of where the fan base is at. And like, you just can't, you just can't win without a quarterback. 
And like, again, full pot on this, but quarterback evaluate, there needs to be a referendum on quarterback evaluation. Cause you got Jake Browning Folsom high school stand up um, coming out of nowhere and playing the way he does Josh Dobbs. You get four good weeks out of hand. Like the fact that there's guys floating around Joe Flacco off his couch, which he wanted to, he didn't want to be at camp anywhere. He's a hundred years old, but like the fact that these He's guys are literally my in, age. Yeah. The fact that these guys are filling 100. in um, like third, third guys off the bench, off the street and your backup can't get, can't move the ball down the field. There, there needs to be a, a reevaluation on the, the way we are evaluating quarterback prospects. It was setting up so nicely, Rick, for my Bengals to mm-hmm. just r- roll through and then burrow just definitely, definitely. But um, Rick, it's, it's going to be exciting. If anyone's out there in Vegas, come say hello on set. You know, we, we love seeing folks um, out in the wild and, we're gonna do uh, we're gonna do some fun stuff. There are some ideas floating around that are very exciting, uh, both for the entire product and for myself personally on Super Bowl Sunday. We'll see if they come to fruition, but um, I'm just excited to be out there at my first on-site Super Bowl and uh, make some magic happen because that's you know it's not to get again too heady, but it's all an opportunity. Every time you guys turn these mics on and do the first mm-hmm. cut podcast, it's an opportunity for the clip. It's an opportunity for the moment. It's an opportunity for something like when the, when the light goes on, that's, that's the opportunity. And that's a, that's a big red light in Vegas. I assume the tease uh, that you're excited for and hoping for is being on site for live Las Vegas, which is the same weekend. That's it. Um, we're going to get out there. We're going to really He's on the pro-am tickets on sale today actually lvcc three-day pass 180 bucks for who would you who would you want to play in the pro-am with joe Mm. pro-am for i'm still i still am much like my relationship with mitch i'm a dj apologist i just Mm -hmm. like he like he seems like he seems like he'd slide into and this is going to be a a judgment of now my friend group he'd slide into my friend group pretty easily um, like okay. boats, beers, relaxing, like that, that sort of vibe, um, where we're at in our early mid thirties here. That's like, we're on a DJ vibe right now. Me and my friend DJ kind of exists on a plane above live. Like, I don't even really think of that's him true as a live guy. I Pat, think did you want to hear Pat Perez? Is that what you wanted me to say? <laughs> no Talk shoes, please. please uh, don't. I think, uh, I think Bryson's the answer. He's, 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 he's like to talk. I don't know if that'd work. If you yes, want a lesson, just listen, um, you're going to see him do weird stuff yeah. or great stuff, which would be cool. Brooks, Brooks would be fun to watch, but he would never even acknowledge your existence. Yeah. I'd it's a networking. Right? It's, it's a program. It's a networking opportunity. Whose network do you want to be a part of? Uh, right. Not Brooks's the uh, family seems pretty interesting to me. Uh, the yeah. Johnson, the Johnson estate um, that, that, that <laughs> whatever's going on over there. Bryson, uh, I couldn't. I wouldn't be able to connect with Rick. That's like yeah. he would just talk through me. Yeah, and I feel like with DJ and maybe even Brooks, if you if you came at it from the right angle, I think you could. I think especially DJ, I think you could like get in there a little bit. Maybe Rombo just to see if he's blinked yet. <laughs> I'll ask Bryson for some YouTube tips. There you go. Yeah. See um, you know, what I wanted to ask you this mm-hmm. before we go, just about golf. What? You've been out there. We've done on site. It's super fun. What, when you're out there, or even when you're watching on TV, like what gets you going? Besides Min Woo leading, obviously, but like what, what gets the juices going from a professional and personal standpoint? Yeah, it's it's still star driven. Um, I think we'd be lying to ourselves if 
you looked at the leaderboard and it's like five dudes and a couple mas or a couple oh a couple of those like you lean towards the dudes because the story to tell i remember after brooks won and we were having a beer in the hotel lobby kp you just over and over like and it, it turned into your piece and it might have yeah. been actually right after you wrote your piece like five is so many so uh, like many. and i'm as a kid growing up like i maybe it's because i'm a part of the madden generation but like i liked playing with manning's patriots or in 2k i like playing with kobe's Lakers. like i rooted for the i've always rooted for the story i've always rooted for the dynasty i've always rooted mm -hmm. for the furthering of isn't it so cool what we're seeing and not the like one-off what does this mean and i'm really interested to see what wyndham clark does this year but like were we all sitting there rooting for wyndham clark last year at lacc no like that's so when i'm sitting there it's still very much story star driven um but i love being i love being surprised i love being that's where the best story comes from when you're taken off guard by the story and then find a way to tell it because um, you could come in with a million good ideas and the best one might slap you in the face with 30 minutes left in the tournament. Um, yeah. So it's being open to that entire process. And the more we get on site, I mean, seeing the build out at Phoenix, um, seeing people bundled up at Rochester and then work through the rain. And then it's the middle of the summer, like just the, you get to touch so much more, you get to feel so much more. And then it's our job to try and convey all of that in a, in a concise package to a viewer can we No, but like the impact of rain or the impact of whatever that uh independent variable is is oftentimes where where the story is so being being on site has i think allowed me to grow in that space and um be more open to the idea of hey you don't know what's going to happen and that's yeah. the best part about it yeah we're going to put a pin in it there hopefully and almost surely not the last time we talk to joe musso on mm -hmm. the first cup podcast joe appreciate you popping on oh that's nice we've oh, already nice. the meme generator is already in full effect we appreciate your time your effort your support we appreciate everything thank you i appreciate you guys i was going to do the mock neck but it felt like a bit much here for my first uh <laughs> for my first visit i mean honestly it's this should be this, like just do like a cut out of joe and that should be minwoo's logo <laughs> I do look like I'm about to go like really. Right. I, I felt like I was just like about to go address like a group of men who are about to like face some sort of strife. Like that's a serious look on that face. I didn't feel like I was that serious. You know how I said I don't like going back and watching the tape. This is the tape that I don't like going back. And if you if you throw a chef's hat on, that's the logo. Exactly. Let him cook, um, I, baby. I did have you know me being the note taker that I am. Uh, really enjoyed your guys' favorite uh, normal sport moments, and congratulations, Kyle, on the third volume. Working Thank through you. it right now, I'm somewhere in the 30s. Um, cracked that open yesterday. Slow reader, um, but it's not a normal sport moment, but a moment that I think about often was. So, long story short, here because I know we're 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 tying it up, but met Ro met Rory for the first time, like shook Rory's hand for the first time. I'd seen him and been places in his midst before but shook rory's hand the first time upon kyle's introduction at um at phoenix. waste management in phoenix we walked about three or four holes with the most down-to-earth normal guy you'll ever meet like everyone attests to we get out there in rochester same thing wednesday walk in and me and kyle dip under the ropes joined up on somewhere on the back and you know kind of nasty out there everyone's going about their business and kyle walks up to rory i'm in kyle's pocket 
where you should be when you're on site at a tournament. Of course, I got free Pro V ones out of it um, at the, in Orlando. But um, we walk up to Rory and Kyle, being the uh, you know having the relationship he does with Rory, shakes his hand, says hello, and then turns like opens his shoulders to me and goes, "Rory, you remember Joe?" <laughs> And I just like I, I shook his hand as if like yeah like Rory remembers Joe or he he might even give me like you remember Joe Musso and Rory being the sweetheart that he is that's what's going on good to see you this and that I I couldn't have been more and I'm comfortable around everybody like Frank Thomas was the only person to ever make me uncomfortable because that was he was on my walls and when I met him for the yeah, first time that was yeah. tough. Um, I scurried away from Rory and Kyle quicker than I've like, I ran over to Claire Rogers just to like start talking to someone else because I felt like, and so after they get done talking, Kyle comes back over to me and Claire and I go, Kyle, here's one thing. Like, don't ever ask Rory if he remembers me. <laughs> I go, you introduce me to Rory McElroy every single time we see him from now until forever. Like, don't you ever put Rory or me in that position where he's got to pretend like he knows who I am and I got to pretend like he's pretending to know who I am. It was, uh, that's, was that's I get a laugh about that one quite, quite regularly. That was, well, my, the, the, that was the my kick, normal job moment of the year. The, the kicker to that, Patrick, is I saw Rory later in the year and <clears throat> Joe and I had talked about this multiple times and we were talking about, I think we were talking about watches. Rory's a big watch guy. Joe is a big watch guy. And I literally said out loud, mostly to amuse myself. You remember Joe Musso? He's a big watch <laughs> Without Joe even around, right? Yeah. Did he pretend with me not in person or no? He gave me a, so. That was Joe Musso? <laughs> of course. Sure. Yeah. Well, we know we know Rory's a listener here. So, Rors, if you've made it to the 101.10, you're a true listener. I appreciate For you. For sure. For yeah. Sure. He's not firing off those tweets recently. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's That's, back, he's baby. Back. I'm ready. Big thanks to producer Josh, who does all the hard work behind the scenes. Special thank you to Joe Musso, who you can find on Twitter slash X at Moose on air, Patrick McDonald at Pat McDonald, CBS, Kyle Porter at Kyle Porter, CBS. You can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool, diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I feel it in my I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I'm a I am playing whatever role I gotta play. I'm gonna play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. A new Survivor Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount Plus.